lights. It's seven Friday night. Welcome to another episode of Seven Friday Night. I'm Sports Stars Magazine editor Chase Bryson, and joining me, as always, is my esteemed co-host. He's as cool as an NFL film slow motion spiral before it falls into the outstretched hands of Jerry Rice for six. The man who once proudly sported a William Barnum Floyd jersey. Shout out to all the fullbacks out there. It's Ben Enos. Welcome, Ben. The fullback is a dying breed, <laughs> um, much like myself. But <laughs> in any event, that leads us into... Yet another week of inspiring high school football chatter uh, on the heels of a week where I actually did not watch a football game. So uh, what I will do, though, is uh, let all the listeners know that I actually spent my weekend in the greater Sacramento area. So uh, if you listen to last week's podcast, you know that we felt that the majority of the Great action was going to take place in the Sacramento area last week, and it really did. Um, so I had the good pleasure to read the B and our friend uh, Joe D, who covered the game of the week. It does, in fact, pop in print, as he so often likes to say on the interwebs. Um, but some really great uh, high school coverage from our friends at the B, particularly uh in what was probably the most shocking results of the week which was in the game of the week where rockland straight up rocked Folsom to the tune of a 40 to 7 shellacking uh anthony johnston scored three touchdowns to lead the thunder who i guess now take the mantle of uh the sacquaquin section's top team uh, of course 24 hours later actually less than 24 hours later on saturday jesuit was uber impressive in a matinee a beautiful matinee day in the Sacramento area, beating Elk Grove 70 to 35 to put themselves back in the discussion for who'll be there at the end, as well as putting themselves back atop the Delta League. Um, and in my weekend of reveling in all things Sac Joaquin section, I did also want to mention a big win that you picked correctly last week, Capital Christian, improving to 5-0 in the Capital League, with a 64-31 win over Sac High. And I mentioned that because on Friday night, they got a big win. And then today, they had a judge grant a temporary restraining order against the section itself <laughs> as Cap Christian tries to get its postseason ban overturned. So if that's not an eventful couple of days, I really don't know what is. But uh, that's enough of my waxing poetic about a, uh, a weekend that I did not participate in. A little closer to home, you watched the game of the week with Clayton Valley beating San Ramon Valley on Alberta Way. Uh, what did you see out there? And uh, were the Uglies just uh, really inspired and fired up because I picked them to win? I mean, I assume that carried them. I'm sure it did. No one name checked you, but I'm sure they all had you in their thoughts when they took the field. But the game was really quite good. It, it's sort of the first time all year that I had a competitive game uh, going into the fourth quarter. So that was really nice. Uh, Clayton Valley bounced back from their, their one point last second defeat to California two weeks ago to upset Saramon Valley and an upset that you actually called. So we'll just keep patting each other on the back, I guess. So props there. I will note that I agreed with you 
on that pick, by the way. Um, but uh, so they they had some natural motivation last week and they played well. In particular, I liked what I saw from from quarterback Brandon Bush um, and uh, the defense that was led by defensive end Amari Comier and sophomore uh, defensive back Micah Avery. Uh, running back duo of Rasan Woodland III and uh, Nicholas Kashabi was also uh, quite impressive. Um, after the game, though, Clayton Valley coach Tim Murphy said that he thought this ugly Eagles team responds well to losses, but not so well to wins. So he's hoping that this week will be another step in the team's maturation process and they'll avoid the, the letdown when they host Amador Valley this week uh, as the East Bay Athletic League turns. But overall, it was good to see a good EBL game unfold. Uh, we'll have a, there's, there's another one this week on the slate that we'll talk about later where Cal visits Monta Vista too. So uh, lots to uh, unfold still in that league for sure. It's interesting that um, I think that uh, – just like every year, the EBAL is going to be competitive down to the very, very end. So there's nothing surprising there. I, I feel the same about that league as I do the Diablo Athletic League, where um, I'd be very surprised if there's an undefeated champion, just because there's so many good teams at the top of that uh, league. It was kind of a, it was a more predictable uh, follow the script week here in the East Bay and in the North Coast section. So I'm going to continue my theme of uh, all Sacramento area all the time. And I'm going to give you uh, a fill the gap segment for this week. And I will do so in the form of this question. If you had to put money on which team will finish as the Sac Joaquin section's top team, it would be blank. Whew. I'm going to say whatever team is the healthiest, which is a total cop-out. So I won't stick to that entirely, wow. but that not knowing when Folsom and Rockland's top quarterbacks will be able to return really makes the race tough to handicap. However, I was looking at uh, the early division one bracket predictions released by Steve Montoya at Max preps today. And he projected the top four seeds for division one to go Rockland, Folsom, Jesuit, St. Mary Stockton, which Seems to make sense that that's how it would go in our rankings as well right now. Central Catholic, who beat a banged-up St. Mary's team early in the season, would be the top seed in Division Two. So, um, yeah, if I had to bet, you know, you take it. Central Catholic should. I mean, that's going to be a tough Division Two bracket as well, and they they will be certainly favored to to win that win out in that. But you got to think the Division One champion would be considered the the top second section team. That's who would probably get the top bid to whatever the, the largest bowl available is. So if I had to bet on one team from those first four that I mentioned, I think I'd take Rockland. I'd, I'd put money at Rockland. No team has been more consistent this season, despite having to battle their own health problems. They've, they've been without starting quarterback Kenny Leeds for three weeks now, and they just beat who we consider the top team, uh, Folsom, you know, the top SJS team in Folsom uh, just last week convincingly. So they believe they believe Leith will be will return late in the postseason, and if that's the case, I, I'd put my money on the Thunder to hang on and win it all. I'll put my money on uh, Thunder this week because there's a storm a brewing in Northern California. The weather has officially turned, uh, which for this uh, independent contractor is always a sign of bad things to come and more time spent in my living room. But. <laughs> Um, no, I agree with that. Rockland right now looks like, uh, looks well justified to be up there at the top, but 
you know, it, we're going to come to a point in the season where we, we start to throw out early season results and we start to make excuses for those and say, well, that was super early in the season. And I think that will happen here in uh, the East Bay in the form of De La Salle. And it will f- happen in Sacramento in the form of Jesuit. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Jesuit continues on the path that they are on, at what point do we say, well, they lost to Folsom in week one, but they're a much different team now. And so we'll have to continue to ask those questions and it'll all play out on the field like it always does. But um, with 700 playoff divisions these days, it's, uh, you know, there's a home for everybody. Trust me. Uh, one thing I did find interesting in Montoya's projections going to the division two bracket, you mentioned this earlier, you, you brought Capital Christian up earlier. If they make it in, he has them as the number two seed to Central Catholic in Division Two, which would be really fascinating to, you know, I mean, you're looking at a team that, that would be a finalist, most likely, maybe even a champion that is fighting for its playoff life. That'll be an interesting story, uh, interesting story to see unfold uh, in the coming weeks, because supposedly the, the judge is supposed to rule on this restraining order. Uh, only four days before the playoffs begin. So the brackets will be drawn out before then. So, I mean, I don't even, I mean, will the section, the section will have to decide whether they put them in conditionally or if they just keep them out completely uh, and then let the course try and reverse it. I don't know. That's going to be really weird. If something happens, I would like you to commit to this right here and right now. If something happens in that court case and we do a podcast after it happens, you have to commit to Sports Stars Magazine spending the money necessary to let us use the theme song from Law & Order to lead into that week's episode. That's important. Okay. Yeah. You, get, you, all, in, <laughs> you all in podcast land can't see his face right now, but I can. Um, uh, well, we don't get that. Well, I'm sure we'll have some, we'll, we'll have some courtroom hijinks planned for that week. Perfect. Yeah. Night court, Sports star style. yes um so now that i've dated myself with a night court reference um we do have another big week uh coming up and we've it's funny because we've been sitting here debating who's going to be there at the end and rankings and all that and we were talking about this last night as a matter of fact um rankings these days have never actually been harder to do um from top to bottom, if you look at the NorCal top 20, it is just hard to figure out a right. There is no right answer to where you can put a number of different teams. And one of those teams, and I'm going to caveat this right off the bat, that my pleas and cries to the sports stars hierarchy, the people that make these rankings for weeks and weeks have been that there's one team that I've seen this year that was very impressive and that deserved a home. And every week I was told, uh, they got to get in. We got to find them a spot. This week they made it in. The team from Windsor under head coach Paul Cronin, one of the most impressive teams that I've seen all year. And when I did get a chance to see them against Benicia, I made the comment that they look like a vintage Cardinal Newman team. Well, guess what, folks? This week, Windsor hosts Cardinal Newman in unquestionably the game of the week in that area of Northern California. So we thought what better time than to, than right now to get coach Cronin on the podcast 
get his thoughts both on how the transition is going at Windsor, how weird it's going to be this week to see uh, the Cardinals on the other sideline, and just chat a little bit about all things uh, Windsor football. So uh, let's listen in to our conversation with Windsor head coach Paul Cronin. We'd like to welcome to the podcast Windsor coach Paul Cronin, who this past Friday picked up his 218th career win and passed his own high school coach, Ed Lloyd, to move to number nine on the all-time North Coast section wins list. So first of all, welcome, coach. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'll just start by congratulating you on that milestone and, and then asking, uh, asking you what kind of emotions you felt upon reaching it and, and passing your mentor. My mentor is... Uh... Is, is, is very meaningful in my life. So I talked to him today, uh, or I talked to him once a week today. So I, I don't know, passing, it felt uncomfortable, I guess. And I, I told Coach Lloyd, I was like, hey, you know what? I passed you in wins, but not as a person because he was a instrumental part, part of my life. And I remember him walking into my class at Comstock Junior High in seventh grade. And he uh, walked in and said, hey, Paul, I, I heard that you're heading to prison. And I go, prison? What do you mean? I'm not going to prison. And he goes, well, your PE teacher thinks you're going there. And I go, I would, I would love not to go there. And he said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you every Saturday of my next five years if you come visit me. So I went to Piner High School every Saturday at 9 a.m. And he talked about football and he talked about life and he talked about my character and it was probably the most meaningful, meaningful thing anybody ever did in my life for me. And so I, I, I'm very grateful for what he did. Have you ever tried to repurpose that prison metaphor? I have not. But yeah, I, I, I would not tell a teenager that. So <laughs> they were more direct in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, with that uh, kind of milestone achieved, we'll, we'll shift to a, a kind of a discussion about this year and this new team that you've got. I, I obviously got a chance to see you guys a couple of weeks ago in what I thought was a really good performance against Benicia. And when, when you and I talked after the game, you mentioned that to go from good to great, to be that great team, there were a couple missed opportunities and just a little precise things that if, if converted could turn your team from, from good to great. How's the fine-tuning going since then? And, and are you at all surprised that things seem to be moving so quickly for your guys? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it's tough, as you know. I mean, it's, it's, uh, Ben, you don't understand as, as well as I do, but good to great is a very challenging thing. So um, when I was talking about that, Nietzsche, we missed a post-cut to, to Hayden, Anderson, Hayden Anderson. We missed a fade cut to Makai Johnson. And I thought, man, if you make those things happen, you can be great. And so, I mean, we're really, you know, it's, 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 it's like weightlifting, right? You, you bench, you know, 200 pounds. How did he get to 220 pounds? Well, there's a lot of work to it. And I think we're, we're grinding through that right now. We're not close to it, but I think we can get there. The, the, the thing we're struggling with is the expectations of uh, what it takes to be great. And I, I think that's where, we're missing as a coaching staff, me personally, and a team. So that's what we're talking about daily. So there's no escaping the the elephant in the room this week uh, with your old squad coming to pay a visit. First of all, I just wanted from, on a personal level, how weird is this all going to be? I, I'm sure you've been asked about this already this week, and it's 
it's an obvious storyline, but, but how weird is this going to be for you to be across the field from so many young men and coaches that you know really well? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's, that's tough. I'm sitting there, I'm watching my daughter do homework right now, but my, my three children go to Cardinal or they go to schools that will lead to Cardinal. Uh, my two daughters, one's a senior and one's a sophomore. And then my son's an eighth grader that will go to Cardinal. And so it, it, it's strange. I mean, it, what you do is you find, and someone asked me this question today, so I guess I'll explain what I said today, but they, they asked me, said, well, how's it like watching some people that you know? I said, well, that, that's not an issue. I, I know people that have coached at Ukiah and I've coached at Montgomery or Rancho. It's the people I love. And so when you're watching them, you kind of, you, when you love someone, you're, you're rooting for them. So watching film against Carter Newman, I, I, I'm watching people I love and I root for them and I hope that they have success. And that's the first time I've ever watched a film where I really truly rooted for the other team. So it, it's going to be a challenge. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the end of the game and hugging those kids and hoping that they do well the rest of the year and moving on with our team. But it's, it's going to be uncomfortable. I'm not looking forward to the experience. Yeah. That was – um. That's coach, uh, coach Terry Edson is a regular guest of our podcast. He comes on each week. And that was something that he talked about um, earlier in the year, just talking about how whenever he had to coach against a former player, like when um, coaches, the like, coach, like coach Walsh from Sarah or yeah. coach, you know, any, any former De La Salle Spartan that he had, to, they had to coach against. He hated it. He just wanted it to be over. Cause he, he knew what it was like on the side, what they were going through and, it's a sentimentality that, that's been shared on this podcast before. So. I, I understand his pain. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever really understands the unique pain that Terry Edson has, but a uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, great point. <laughs> we, uh, having had a chance to get into the film and knowing these guys, I, I might speculate that you have kind of an odd advantage and that, you know, everyone that's going to be across from you. Uh, from an X's and O's standpoint, what does Cardinal Newman bring to the table and what do you guys need to do to be successful in a big game this week? I don't think it's an advantage. I, I wish I was advantage, but it, it, it's, it's, it's heartaching, right? Um, so I, I'm watching the safeties and, and, and Bailey Air was the older brother of Nicky Air, and he's playing safety. And Nick Kelly was the older brother of Zach Kelly and he's playing safety. And what I find is I'm rooting for them to make good plays. And so I'd say it was a disadvantage. I, I, I almost got wrapped up into uh, their success opposed to what we should do to counteract with their weakness. So I'd say that, you know, the, the, the disadvantage for me is I probably like people too much as human beings. Um, my my daughter's a senior in uh, at Cardinum right now, and she's, the most important thing in my life and she I mean she basically is went to school with them forever and my other daughter is a sophomore and she's I love her she's she's the love of my life and she, and she knows those kids too and my son's an eighth grader so I would just like this game to get over as soon as possible <laughs> it won't be easy for them either I mean they'll they'll probably be sitting in the Cardinal Newman side right <laughs> or will they still yeah my, my younger child tells me daily she's rooting for Cardinal Newman so <laughs> yeah I just, you know, it's one of those weeks that it's uncomfortable. Um, and I think I understand why I chose to make the decision to move. And I, you know, Coach Lee brought so many great things to my life that 
will, will live on until the day I die, but it's, it's very uh, heartaching for me to go through this experience. So from a uh, roster perspective, you've had, uh, what, seven weeks to, to kind of get a handle on the guys that uh, are making big plays for you, a good senior class. Um, tell us a little bit about who has really driven this train so far this year. Obviously, Chase stands out on paper, as do guys like Damian and Makai and, and Hayden. But uh, what, from a personnel standpoint, who has really driven the bus so far this year for Windsor? I think the seniors, like every year, right? The seniors drive the bus. And so, I mean, you hit it on the head. It's like Chase and Damien and Makai. Um, those guys are leaders. Uh, you know, Phil Tappen, they're leaders in the team. And really, when you reflect on your team's uh, success, it goes back to their leadership. And so I, I've been super proud of those guys. I mean, Chase is someone I've known since he was, you know, two years old. So it's been a pleasure to coach him. Uh, but if... I think anything we, we learn as coaches throughout the, the years we coach is it's, we don't lead the team. We, we hopefully guide the team, but the seniors are the leading force in the team, and our seniors have been great. What's been the biggest key to this, this transition and how just uh, everything just – you guys hit the ground running. Um, has, has it been that senior leadership? Is that, that, was, is that kind of one of the biggest keys? Or what else has made this, made this team tick so quickly with you? Yeah, I mean, we've been lucky. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's funny. People watch games and they go, well, it doesn't matter how the ball bounces. It does, right? <laughs> the ball bounces in funny ways. But I think the thing I, I, I would credit uh, this team's success to is our coaches that came along. So we had probably eight coaches, nine coaches come with us from Cardinal Newman to Windsor. So then you can kind of be uh, fluid in the game planning and kind of fluid in the transition. But, I mean – it's 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 funny that's why I go back and kind of you know people throw records at head coaches. It's baloney. Really, it comes down to all the pieces, and part of it's assistant coach. Not part of it. A big part of the assistant coaches. Big part of the players. But our assistant coaches that came with us have done a great job. Well, we uh, we're looking forward to watching from uh, afar this week, and we're hopeful that you can get this week over and done with as soon as humanly possible, <laughs> and keep. Uh, keep the train rolling uh, towards the postseason. So thanks for uh, taking a few minutes to, to join the show. Thank you guys. Have a great night. And now we're going to take a quick timeout for a quick message from sports stars magazine's podcast partner, the California army national guard. We understand an upside down world, but they're writing us off before we get to the starting line, a stalled generation. Who do you think is going to fix all this? We will because our future is the future. The next greatest generation is now. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. And now, back to the show. Well, it's hard to beat talking football with Coach Paul Cronin. We'd like to thank the Windsor coach once again for giving his time so that we could get some North Bay football love onto the show. And now we switch from one coach to another as it's time to welcome in our favorite weekly guest who stepped out of coaching retirement last week to help a shorthanded De La Salle coaching staff. Let's see how Coach Terry Edson's return to the sidelines went. All right. Well, we're back for another week of hard-hitting football analysis with Coach Terry Edson. And before we welcome uh, the football talk back and talk about actual, you know, things that people care about, Chase wanted me to ask you how you and Coach Galley are doing in fantasy football. Because after our softball game last night, I spent all night explaining to him 
the ways in which I hate fantasy football. Are you having any fun with it? Uh, we, we actually are doing okay. We're leading our division uh, at four and two. Uh, Roquan Smith is one of the best linebackers in our league for sure. So that's been really helpful. And um, we quit playing bears on offense and that really helped us. Of course, we missed, of course, the one time we did pick up a bear, we picked up that running back Herbert, he picked him up and then he didn't play him. So that, <laughs> that was a good idea. He had a good game against the Packers, but uh, uh, I picked up, uh, we didn't play him either, Jalen Waddle, but as soon as Tua came back, I knew he'd be uh, a good target for him. So we got him in the bank. We had uh, we had good games from Adam Thielen, Cortland, was it, I said, is it Cortland Sutton? Is I said, yep. for Denver? Yep. And of course, Kyler Murray has been on fire for us. So that's been really good too. Well, Ben doesn't have you to commiserate with. That's such a shame. No. <laughs> and my sneak pick, my sneak pick, Ben, who's now starting full-time and had good points for me, Jamin Davis, inside linebacker from the Red, the Washington, um, ooh, I almost pulled a major faux pas. <laughs> Football team. Uh, uh, he's going to be the real deal. That's my prediction. I, the guy's been mad at me. <laughs> uh, six weeks. That guy ain't doing anything. I go, just wait. That guy's the real deal. Now he's happy with me. So, <laughs> All right. Well, as was thoroughly reported last week, Spartans head coach Justin Alaba tested positive for a breakthrough case <laughs> of COVID-19. Hold that on, Chase. Hold, hold on. How is this not reported on our own podcast? Was this vengeance for not inviting someone <laughs> to the suit secret squirrel podcast earlier this year? Uh, no, that is not true. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. He had no, he took a home test. I could have sworn on his PCR. He was going to be negative because he has absolutely no symptoms. And, uh, sure enough, that PCR did, did not come up negative. So <laughs> he was, uh, forced to, uh, quarantine in his little, uh, man cave in his backyard <laughs> right now. <laughs> But he's a huge Dodger fan, so right now, he, even though he's missing football terribly, at least he's happy right now because the Dodgers just took the lead. So that meant the Spartans coaching staff was going to be a man down for his game against uh, California last week, and it gave you the chance to put the coaching polo back on and spend a night on the sidelines again. How, how did that go? How did it feel uh, getting back out there? Let me tell you what, it's a whole different perspective when you're coaching and you walk on and the first thing you think of is, okay, anything that goes wrong tonight, it's not going to be my fault. <laughs> that was a great feeling to have and, uh, just to go out there and to have fun with it and uh, have some fun on the headphones with the coaches and have some fun with the refs, uh, which I did. Was it yelled at one time? They, um, our, uh, one of our players made a great play on us on kickoff and he was excited and he was jumping up and he kind of ran off the field and he was excited. I'm sure he said something, but he was not over anybody. He was celebrating his teammates. They gave him a taunting call. And I mentioned that, that that could have been an infringement on his first amendment rights of freedom of speech. <laughs> I, I might have to talk to my civil rights lawyers on that one, but that got a good smile uh, out of the ref on the sideline when I said that. But uh, you know, having fun like that, it was uh, it was actually quite enjoyable 
to be out there. Uh, coach, and, uh, full disclosure, uh, when the game was about seven minutes to go, I got to walk off the sideline, get in my car, and <laughs> my wife's mouth was, what are you doing here? I said, this is what I can do now, honey. It's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> Coaches gave me permission that I could go. So. Coach emeritus status. My goodness. <laughs> That's exactly right, Ben. <laughs> um, Chase and I have been grinding on this for about a week since they announced that uh, Coach Allenbaugh would miss the game. I am very curious. Coach Kenyon assumed head coaching duties. Obviously, you slotted back in on the defensive side. Who called plays for the Spartans on Friday night? Uh, Coach Allenbaugh co uh, called plays. They hooked mm -hmm. up to a live stream on the field. He uh, had his, uh, they had his phone just, they hooked up with him just a phone just to make sure, you know, if they have uh, the phone. So uh, Coach Garanya, Paul Garanya had his um, earpods ear in and he was calling the plays and he would relay them through the headphones. It was beautiful. That's so there was fantastic. no delay on the on the internet broadcast. He was able to see uh, it in real time. There, uh, we it was art. Yeah, I don't know. I I would I guess not. If they was, they probably just gave him down in distance. I mean, we pretty much knew that what the defense was, so he could still have done that. I that's a good question. I don't know his delay. All I know is um, we're running the ball pretty well, and uh, me being me, um, you know, we threw a. You know, it, was, it happens in the game. We threw an interception, and I just texted him. I said, um, they're not stopping the run right now, bro, just as an FYI. So I, I did do that. He gave his usual response that I got throughout my career as him. <laughs> De La Salle football in the 21st century. I want to <laughs> know if any team has basically Zoom coached this year. That's fantastic. Oh, I, I don't, you don't think Cliff Clingsbury was calling plays on Sunday for Arizona? I have a great I mean, baseball. Dale can figure it out. I'm guessing. Uh, I'm pretty sure the pros did. can figure it out as well. Exactly. I have a great tangential story here. When I was, it, it was, I think I was coaching JV baseball for one year at El Cerrito High School, and we were playing another school that will remain nameless to protect the coach's identity. Uh, the coach, opposing coach got thrown out, and at Cerrito Vista Park in El Cerrito, there's a huge bush behind home plate going up a hill. So the opposing coach – Oh, but he coach, got thrown out, though. Okay. He got, he yeah, got tossed from yeah. the dugout. He went into the bush <laughs> and tried to coach from the shrubbery. Yeah, okay. You're, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, not, you're not fooling anyone, man. Yeah, that's, that's a little different. Yeah, you're, you're not supposed to be coaching anymore when you get thrown out. That's part of the gig. But, you know, speaking of that, you know, technology, especially in uh, high school football, um, you know, back in, back in the day, you know, we, it was, you know, a v, VHS, you know, you had to trade with teams. And, uh, you know, we always had, you always had to set up a time and a place to meet. And, um, you know, and then sometimes, you know, the guy like, oh, I can't make, you know, sometimes it was a day late. But the worst thing was, at least when we got to DVDs, you know, we got a DVD copy machine so we could start making copies of the DVDs so our players could watch film at home. But when you had the VHS, you could only watch it with the team. You know, when you watched it with them, that was it. And, you know, now you got Huddle, which allows the kid to watch it on their phone. 
you know, if they need to. So there's toll access there, which is great. But more importantly, you can, uh, you can have your iPad, you can watch what's going on during the game, you know, which was never, you never could do that, right? You just like, you'd have to rely on what you saw with your eyes. And, um, you know, then the kids would always be like, I didn't know that didn't happen. Well, we'd always, the answer was always, okay, we'll watch film tomorrow. Well, now we could look at it right now and go, yes, yes, you did. Or yes, you're correct. You know, uh, so the, what technology is really for as, as a coach, I mean, uh, has really helped out. You can kind of help problem solve things right there. And then we're in the old days, you know, a lot of times you're like, what exactly happened? You're not sure until you watch film the next uh, day. So is Alan Ball, is coach Allen Ball back this week or, or he you... will be back. Yes. He's not back yet, but he will be back. Got it. All right. I guess we can move on to picks then. It wasn't your best weekend picks, although you did nail the Monta Vista in a low-scoring game pick, which was nice. Nail that. Believe me, I'm looking. I'm watching Max Preps. I'm looking every Friday night and kicking myself. (laughs) Becoming like real football, how I pick real football. So uh, (laughs) be better at high school, but obviously I suck at high school just as much as I. I wouldn't be. I mean, I think Rockland spoiled a lot of predictions last week, so I don't think. Well, I, I, I'm not getting the that. injury report. That's what's hurting me, right? <laughs> yes. You guys aren't telling me when the starting quarterbacks are out. That's a big thing in high school. <laughs> Players use huddle for, you know, to study the game. Terry uses huddle for past performances. <laughs> That's right. I mean, <laughs> come on. I, I need to know these things. It's all right, though. I'm, I'm, I'm going 3-0 this week. I already know that. Okay. Well, let's start your picks this week with our top-ranked team, St. Francis. They're on the road this week, taking on number nine, Bellarmine, at San Jose City College. Will the Lancers take care of business and keep pace with Sarah? What do you think? Of course they are. <laughs> this is the year of destiny from St. Francis. Uh, although, a Bellarmine, like, it's good, like I said, it's the Bellarmine-Sarah syndrome all over again. Bellarmine's making a comeback, and you know, I'm gl- great to see that, but they're they're not ready to topple St. Francis just yet. So, I think it's you know it's St. Francis, Sarah. I mean, that's gonna that's gonna be the game. And that I'm wondering if I when that game's gonna be. I, I it's don't... Saturday. It's the last Saturday of the season. I hope it's on TV. I hope Coffee runs that game. That's gonna be a great game to watch. I'm not sure if I'm convinced I'm going to drive down to Mountain View to watch a high school football game yet, but I'd love to watch it on TV if I could. That is a perfect segue to our next pick for you, because if I was able to sit in my house and watch this upcoming game this week, I'd be very happy. North Bay League, Oak Division, first place showdown. Cardinal Newman and Windsor are both unbeaten. In yeah, the two, the coach, there we Head go. coach Paul Cronin, our other guest on this week's podcast, now at Windsor, welcoming his former team to town. I've seen Windsor. I think they're awfully good, uh, but it's a good Redwood Empire showdown. Who you got? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, this is this is the best one, but, you know, coach playing his old team, uh, he's definitely got the inside information. There's no about it he knows exactly who's on that defense he knows exactly what their strengths are um that's a huge advantage where the other the coach uh you know from cardinal newman you know it's a whole you know he's playing a he's playing paul's team and he'll he knows paul probably but 
still, I, I got to go with Coach Cronin's got inside information. <laughs> Anytime you got inside information in stocks or in football, that's a big advantage. So I'm going with Coach Cronin on this one. All right. Uh, Besides the fact he's a really good coach, too. That has something to do with it as well. Maybe just a little bit. Let's let's end with, uh, with a good battle for second place in the Bay Valley Athletic League. Who do you like between Antioch and Heritage of Brentwood? <laughs> I saw this game. Oh my goodness, really? This is <laughs> this is uh, good. Flip a coin. I mean, I said it's going to go three and zero, oh, but uh, <laughs> I don't know now. Where's the game being played? It's at Heritage. I'm taking the whole team then. There. <laughs> Uh, this uh, this actually could be a fun game to watch. Uh, I think it would be. Yeah, I think it would be. Uh, it definitely would be. Uh, but I really, uh, yeah, I'm going with Heritage just the home. <laughs> is there All right. Thing? Ben, is there such thing as home field advantage in high school? Uh, you know, Some places. Some places. Some places. Speaking of that, you know, last year during COVID was the first time in like, I, like 80 years that um, – the home team, the the visiting team had a better record than the home team. It was over five hundred in the NFL. In the NFL, yeah. Right. So uh, home field didn't, because of COVID, home there wasn't a home field advantage last year. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it made the, a difference. Four Niners played four home games in Arizona. So <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So, it's in, it, it's actually a real relevant thing in high schools now because the home crowds have been so fired up to get back out there. Uh, it's a good point. It's even good more point. pronounced. Yeah. Our kids, like I said, it's been a different story this year. And here's another little fun football stat for you. I read the other day, the, not last week, the weekend before when the Browns lost to the chargers 40, was it 49, 42 mm -hmm. NFL, an NFL team that scored 40 points and had no turnovers, which the Browns did. 401 and zero. Wow. Lost. Wow. 401 and one record of NFL team scores 40, no turnovers. That's their record against that. That's a like that. I did not know that that's a really, really interesting streak. They got broken. You uh, speaking of the chargers there, uh, you called it their uh, cavalier ways of fourth down calls would backfire against them last week. <laughs> and look at you. It was a rough really day. For... Say, even the blind squirrel gets an acorn once in a while. Okay. <laughs> Throwing up predictions. You're going to get some right. <laughs> it was going to happen. All right, coach. Well, another good week of football and uh, we're getting near the playoffs. Yeah. That's when your picks will really matter. That's going to be exciting. That'll be fun to bring back state playoffs again. That'll be really good. So. I think I saw somewhere they're closing in on Saddleback College for most of the big games. Yeah, year. smart. They should – what does Saddleback hold, 12, 10? I don't know, Chase. I, uh, I don't know. It's probably a little better than Cerritos too, right? I mean – Cerritos is nice though. Is it? I put it Cerritos. Yeah, it's a nice field. It's a nice little stadium. And, yeah, no, I like Cerritos. There's that's, But so I haven't seen – they used to play at the Santa Ana Bowl modern day. I don't know if they're still playing there. That's a nice, they have so many nice little state, like it's so different than NorCal, right? Cause they have all these, you know, $10,000, $12,000, $12,000 seat stadiums and all that, where, you know, we were, I guess DVC is what 
eight maybe if you can stuff them all in everywhere but yeah it's just we don't have that kind of field up here dvc the one venue i worked a game with a stomach flu that was an unforgettable night yeah that was they beat did they beat laney this weekend they did they did they're rolling oh they did huh dvc and contra costa college it's their year this year that both are really good nice all right your paper your old paper used to cover all those games i don't know i loved covering jc football because they were so happy to see you and so happy to get the attention and those coaches coach dar is a really good dude oh my god come on another love i love those guys they're great you're right okay boys thanks again terry dodgers win see you next week I just win. That was uh, 30 seconds ago, Ben. Way to get. I'm sorry your delay is that you're peeing. Sorry. Okay. Um, well, I was Bye-bye. watching Huddle on the other screen. <laughs> okay. I'm ready to go 3 and 0. Here we go. All right. See, yeah. see you guys yeah. later. All yeah. right. Well, Coach Edson was clearly distracted by his return to active coaching last week and going one and two in his picks. So let's, uh, we're going to try our best not to fall into that trap, even though. Distractions in my life are a plenty. Sitting on my couch takes a lot out of me. Um, you know, it, it's just tough to be alive these days. So anyway, uh, we're going to do our best not to fall into that trap. I will throw kudos where they are warranted. You were 6-0 and last week. I was 4-2, and and I was sitting in uh, South Sacramento on Friday night thinking, well, Jesuit better come through for me on Saturday or it's going to be another mediocre week in a mediocre season of picks for yours truly. Um, so, you know, did you did you eat something different last week? Did you prepare differently uh, to go 6-0? and No, no, I didn't. Although I, I think I got good vibes from you bringing Humboldt into the uh... – uh, the humble Del Nor League into the equation. Yes. Yeah. That was my, my reference to Beethoven the dog. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Well, let's get it rolling for this week. It's my week to read off the slate. Um, and it's a compact slate this week. So let's jump in. We will pick from uh, number one, St. Francis of Mountain View, uh, going to San Jose City College on Friday night to play number nine, Bellarmine. Uh, The aforementioned Cardinal Newman of Santa Rosa heading to number 17, Windsor. Number 18, California, the Mighty Grizzlies going to uh, Danville to take on the Monta Vista Mustangs, undefeated Monta Vista Mustangs. A Saturday showdown in uh, Marin County, San Marin of Novato heading south to Kent Field to take on Marin Catholic in a Saturday showdown. Uh, Back on Friday night, It's a BVAL showdown in Brentwood, Antioch, heading to Heritage in a really good matchup of BVAL teams. And then we'll round it out back in our neck of the woods, our favorite neck of the woods. Kimball of Tracy is heading to Manteca in a important league showdown in those parts. So I will let you, Mr. 6-0, lead us off. All right. So... I might end up at this game, which means I'm breaking my rule here, but I'm going to take uh, the Cal Grizzlies to hand Monta Vista its first loss of the season. Uh, as Coach Edson pointed out last week, Monta Vista has played some really good defense, and that certainly showed up in the 10-7 win over Amador Valley last week. But I think Cal's offense has a bit more firepower. 
Uh, I'm, I'm going to believe in, in quarterback Teddy Burras here. They're going to force the Mustangs offense to actually need to score points this week. So I'm thinking Cal wins by eight to 10 points and Monta Vista takes his first loss. All I heard from that analysis was Cal wins by eight to 10 points. And I got really excited that something cool was going to happen at Memorial Stadium on Saturday afternoon in Berkeley. But then I snapped back into it and realized you weren't talking about the Golden Bears. Right. Yeah, so bummer there. Um, well, I will start uh, with the number one team in all the land, the Lancers of St. Francis, uh, heading to San Jose City College to take on Bellarmine. Um, the Bells stubbed their toe last week with a 20 to 13 loss at home to a now officially hot Sacred Heart Cathedral of San Francisco. Uh, that does not bode well heading into a Holy War showdown that St. Francis has won six in a row in. St. Francis is coming in off a 33 to nothing win over Reardon. And all signs point to the Lancers maintaining that form that has helped them climb to number one in NorCal. Give me St. Francis. Uh, moving right along, we've been talking about this game all episode, so I'm going to continue that theme. A trip to the North Bay where Windsor hosts Cardinal Newman in a North Bay League Oak Division showdown. Um, I've already established my love of uh, Windsor and my advocacy for them in our rankings, so it was nice to see them jump in this week. But I do want to say, you know, these are two really good teams, but the top of the North Bay League is really, really good because you have to add Rancho Katati into that mix as well. They're sitting there at 2-0 also. And over the next two weeks, they will play both Windsor and Cardinal. So a lot still to be determined in that league. This week specifically, this game is at Windsor. Uh, so advantage to the Jags there. And I just think they're continuing to get better and better as they learn more and more under Coach Cronin. So give me Windsor this week, and I'm going to make this my lock. All right. So I am going down to the West Catholic Athletic League. I don't feel great about it but I'm going to take a page out of the book of Ben uh, and reach for my chalk here with my lock pick. I'm going to take the number one team, um, but I'm going to lock in St. Francis. I think the Lancers have looked really good ever since that first half scare against Sacred Heart Cathedral, which doesn't look quite as bad anymore. Now the Sacred Heart Cathedral just beat Bellarmine. Um, I do think Bellarmine bounces back from their loss to Sacred Heart, uh, possibly having looked past the Irish towards this game. Bellarmine's going to keep it closer than people, I think, expect. But in the end, the physicality of St. Francis will win the day in that one. So lock in the Lancers for me. And then I'll start the third round, finish out my, my primary picks here. I'm going to take uh, host Marine Catholic Wildcats to win on a rainy Saturday in Kent Field. The wet conditions do give me pause a little bit because I think San Marin relies on the passing game a little less than Marin Catholic. But... The Mustangs will be happy to let leading tailback Justin Gwynn just go to work. But Marin Catholic's defense will be up for the challenge. So Wildcats keep the Marin County Athletic League title in-house this week by uh, salting that game away to take the Wildcats. Yeah, I'm going to finish my picks at the same game with the same choice as well. Um, but I, I do want to start by saying, man, what a season so far for San Marin. 7-0 and and averaging a cool 50 points per game in the process. So you referenced uh, Justin Gwynn, who's leading a heck of a rushing attack in Novato. All props to the Mustangs. Uh, but meanwhile, Marin Catholic is just as good as always. 
Michael Ingracia has been awesome. The Wildcats are a strong six and one. Um, usually we would use the Edson rule here and reference the fact that this is an out of rhythm Saturday game, but it's actually not for both these teams, both very used to playing on Saturday afternoon. Uh, this one's in Kent Field rather than Novato. So give me the Wildcats on home soil. All right. Well, let's jump into the rapid fire. And I believe I went, uh, I gave first last week, so you can get us started. All right. Well, there's going to be a theme through all three of these games, and it is top of the table showdowns. And we're going to start with a first place battle in the MVAL slash WACC dash mission league. <laughs> and first, we're going to say how whack that league name is. With that out of the way, it's Ensenel hosting Castro Valley to see who remains the league's lone unbeaten team. The Jack Jets are six and one under my old friend Keith Miner. And I used to spend a lot of time on the island as a writer for the Alameda Journal. The Trojans are four and three under Denny Molson, but they played a pretty good early schedule and have now won four in a row. If you are looking for potentially the coldest location in Northern California on Friday night, look no further than Ensenil. Jets and Trojans, who you got? You're right. It is cold at that field, but it is hard to beat the view at that field, too. Just sitting literally right there on the bay is pretty is pretty awesome. Uh, I am going with the home team in this one. I'm going to take Ensenil. Give me the Jets. All right. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Well, let's uh, transition. You get in your boat, paddle across the bay, and land in the city by the bay for the next one. Lowell of San Francisco hosts Lincoln of San Francisco in a matchup of teams that are unbeaten in league. The Cardinals like to pound the rock with senior Adrian Navarro in the backfield. The Mustangs are also going to try to do their work on the ground with a bunch of different options. City League throwdown, Lowell and Lincoln, who will it be? You finally got me with one that I have zero. I've, I've, been, I've done this to you a few times. You finally got me. I, I, I am not in the least bit qualified to answer this, but I will go with my gut and say that Lincoln will win that game. Hey, all right. Well, uh, let's go three for three in top of the league standings showdowns this week. So we're going to the Sierra Valley League, where we go, where we see Bradshaw Christian is eight and zero overall and three and zero in league play. Where in it's hosting six and one Union Mine. Union Mine has a league loss on its ledger, a twenty-seven to thirteen loss to Liberty Ranch of Galt last week, where I spent some time playing golf. Thank you very much. But the Cal Preps computer has Union Mine winning this one by a point. Mm -hmm. A quality mascot matchup this week with the Pride taking on the Diamondbacks. Who will it be? Mm, I will take Bradshaw Christian in that one. All right. Three first place showdowns. Games of consequence. Those were good. At this time of year. um, I was worried we might have a couple double ups, but you assured us that we would not. So well done. You know, when you, you get enough time to prepare, when you have unscheduled time on your hands, you can dig a little deeper. All right. That was, that seemed like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> it wasn't so a compliment. <laughs> it was a pointed critique. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> All right. Let's go with yours. All right. So I'm going to start in the Sierra Foothill League where Coach Casey Taylor will return to Del Oro as an opposing coach for the first time since he left the school in 2017. 
His Oak Ridge team snapped a four-game losing streak by beating Grant last week, but must win at least one of its last two games to be playoff eligible. So, and then Del Oro is playoff eligible, but needs to snap its own four-game losing streak. Who survives this battle of intrigue? Hmm, that's a tough one. Do you go with the old school or do you go with the old ball coach? I am going to... Uh, I'm going to take the old ball coach. Give me Casey Taylor and Oak Ridge because if I'm not mistaken, Oak Ridge wraps up with, well, they, they wrap, wrap up, up with, Whitney. with Whitney. So it's not necessarily a must win, but um, yeah, give me Oak Ridge. All right. Uh, this one you might have been able to prepare for because I did mention it earlier in the day, but we're going to go. This is a, a top-of-the-table matchup. Trans Valley League Supremacy is on the line in Escalon this week. So we got Rippon, who's 6-2, and two, at Escalon, 7-1. and one. Both of these teams have pretty much rolled through league play. It's a small school barn burner. Who are you taking? Rippon's been good to me this year. Picked Rippon blindly earlier this year, and they carried me through. Uh, not this time. Games at Escalon. Escalon's a pow- always been a powerhouse. Give me Escalon. All right, and I'll close out by being nice and giving you two teams you've seen already. Benicia, five and two, at Akalani's four and three. Um, in, in probably the strongest Diablo Athletic League game of this week. Who's going to win this, and will either team score less than 35 points? No. Uh, well, <laughs> you Campo, you know, Campo showed, and I believe I had this last week, that Campo was going to get a big win over somebody and right the ship. I didn't know that it was going to be Aquanis. Um, I don't think either team scores under 35, though I wouldn't be surprised. I will pick Benicia because I think uh, they match up in the places that they need to uh, with Aquanis fairly well. Um, but, yeah, that should be a good game. And just because Aquanis lost last week doesn't mean that they got no shot there. That's, uh, that's going to be a good game. All right. Very good. That will wrap up another eventful week of Seven Friday Night. Uh, we want to offer a final thanks to Coach Paul Cronin for sharing some time to talk about Windsor and the big game this week against his former program. We also want to thank Coach Terry Edson for stopping by for his weekly appearance. Seven Friday Night is available on several platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. If you listen to shows on one of those platforms, search for Seven Friday Night, the number seven Friday night, and please rate and subscribe. We build seven Friday night using Anchor. You can leave a voice message for us by visiting anchor.fm slash the number seven Friday night. Each of our episodes also get their own dedicated page on Sports Stars Magazine's web home, sportsstarsmag.com. You can stream the episode there, find links to the various other platforms, and check out a variety of bonus items that we tend to include. Also, Sports Stars Podcast has its own Twitter feed now. Look us up at at Sports Stars Pods. And follow us to get updates and teasers about new episodes of both Seven Friday Night and our other podcast, Sports Stories, which will begin season two in early 2022. Also, if you aren't already, you should be following Sports Stars Magazine on both Twitter and Instagram at, at Sports Stars Mag. Also, you can follow Ben and myself on Twitter at, at Chase, C H A C E, Bryson, B R Y S O N, and at Ben underscore. Enos, E-N-O-S. Our cover art is new this week with design and photography by yours truly. Our theme music was produced by Dustin Phillips. 
He performs in multiple bands in the Sacramento area, including the awesome cover band called Popular Demand. We've asked him to talk to the band about a discount for any seven Friday night listeners who want to book them. We support live music. And that's it, Ben. Final thoughts before we jump into week 10. First of all, I'm a terrible follow on social media. I don't have interesting children. I don't say interesting things. Follow Sports Stars Mag, because otherwise you're just going to, if you follow me, you're going to get bitter tweets about baseball teams, pretty much. With that out of the way, it, yeah, it should be a good week of um, high school football across Northern California. We're getting towards the business end of league races. There are only a couple weeks left in the regular season. We're going to start to um, look at bracketing and look at where teams uh, lie. I personally need to figure out the CIF bowl structure. I'm going to enlist a Ouija board to help me uh, figure that out. But if the rain gods wanted to hold off for Friday night, that'd be really cool. Um, <laughs> I'd be really appreciative of that. No sports writer likes standing out in the rain. Um, and yeah, if anyone has a good story that they want told, um, send me a MySpace message because <laughs> I'm in the market for that. Outside of that, uh, you'll be, you, you mentioned earlier that you may be heading to uh, Danville to see a couple teams that I've already seen. So what are you looking forward to this week? Yes, I think that's where I'm going to end up going. And um, although if I, uh, if I do end up calling an audible, um, you will find out uh, by following us on sports stars mag on Twitter. Cause I'll, I'll let people know where I'm headed, but uh, if it's there, I, I look forward to it. Um, certainly going to be a, a big game as far as figuring out the pecking order in the EBAL. But I think overall, th this will be an interesting week because it will be the first week that's really affected by weather. Hopefully not, not heavily, um, but there's, a, there's certainly a chance in, in, a certain, in a number of these matchups where weather could play a factor. So while not fun for us, it always shows which teams can handle adversity a little more. And that'll be interesting as we get closer to figuring out this, the playoff structure and all that. Uh, yeah, I'm really actually quite interested in, in the two coaches that are going home, or one's going home, one is welcoming his old home. Uh, but those two matchups, the, the Cardinal Newman at Windsor and the uh, Casey Taylor going to Del Oro, those, those, are, uh, those are two pretty interesting matchups to me this week. I'll be interested to see how those play out. And uh, we'll be back next week. We'll talk about it all. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday.